All right. Good morning. Praise Jesus. How about that? I don't know what other kind of proclamation I could stand up here and make other than who you were is no longer who you are is set free. So today, this morning, that's what I want to talk about with you. But first, I would like to open us in a prayer. Lord Jesus, guide my words. Waymaker, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, speak to exactly who needs to hear these words today. Get rid of my anxiety and my fear, because Lord Jesus, this is only to bring you glory through my story. Amen. I'm going to start with a verse um, that I feel like I kind of built this morning on, and it's out of Galatians 2.20 in the New Living Translation. And it says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. Secondly, I'm going to share Psalms 34. My Wednesday night warriors, you know that when I shared my testimony for the first time, this was the verse that caused me to proclaim it. And it says, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him and join your life with him, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. There's one thing I forgot to do. I'm going to need a couple of these. You might too. I have a few notes. Um, I'm going to try to let the Lord kind of guide me exactly where he needs me to through this. Um, But I want to start by telling you that I feel very unqualified to be up here today. Um, I know that my testimony can reach and change someone's life. And um, if that gives one person hope, then I know that I'm fulfilling the prompt that my Almighty Father had given me to have this opportunity today. It's a story that, if I'm being honest, I kept to myself out of embarrassment um, that only my husband ever really knew in full. But this isn't about me or my feelings of embarrassment. This is about furthering the kingdom and having the courage to step out and do so. Like Paul said last week, (laughs) Suffering is often the vehicle to glory. And so this is a story of pain and suffering and heartbreak and resurrection from that through Jesus Christ. The only thing I want to do is share my heart authentically and intentionally with you today. You have to be patient with my nerves. You know, Nathan gave me the pep talk this morning. Honey, take a deep breath. Take two minutes when you get on stage. Don't look at anyone. All right. So I know you're all wondering, Tasha, how does your hair look so good? It's raining outside. It's, it's blessings. All right. So I want to uh, start by thanking the people that fill these chairs for loving me every single week as I ugly cry at this altar. Because right here, in this strip of wood, is where I can physically feel my Savior carving me with a chisel, etching me, shaping me, molding me into the child that he has, has envisioned me to be. Through the last two and a half years of attending here, I've been prayed over, I've been anointed, I've been loved, I've been served. I've never felt love like this in my life. And so this, this, this glory goes to you guys too. 
I carry a lot of damage from hurt by a lot of people in my past, and I constantly feel like I'm a bother or a burden or that others will be sick of me. So I like to hide away and listen to the lies of the enemy like I'm sure we all do when that happens. But the last six months, the Lord has taken my shame. Bye. He is healing me from my depressive valleys, my self-doubt. He's building my confidence to help others and to serve in every capacity that I possibly can and to walk in the light of him. He's teaching me how to proclaim his word. It's a beautiful thing when you're at Hobby Lobby and your six-year-old, someone says hi to her, and she says, hi, Jesus loves you. Sure does. So I want to share a little bit about the past that God is washing clean from me. I don't want to brag about my scars or the dark paths I walked. I just want to share about the parts of me that were too dirty I never thought that could be washed clean. Purifier. This part's important, okay? Because this is the part that held me back from obtaining freedom in Christ. What's the Bible say? <laughs> about accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You must proclaim that he is Lord of your life and he was resurrected from the dead. So if you don't share your story, you're never going to find freedom. Here we go. This is my story of redemption and faithfulness through my darkest days. As a child, I was raised by a very poor single mother. I grew up in Pennsylvania a small town outside of Amish country. My mom worked multiple jobs on multiple shifts to keep the mortgage paid in our house. I don't remember really ever spending time with her at home until I was about 10 years old. I was handed to babysitters or left home alone while she worked. I was sexually and physically abused by a number of my mom's boyfriends. This is something I only shared with her three years ago. Obviously, it's a trauma that I'm not fully healed of yet. I suffer negative emotional responses to it. Having two daughters only deepens that. Um, as you know, us Dennis's run a tight ship. Um, but God gave me Nathan, and that's a whole other story. My mother remarried when I was elementary age. My stepdad and I never really got along. There was quite a bit of physical and emotional abuse there that only amplified the older I got, the more rebellious I got, because I'd know where to put those emotions that I had felt from the abuse. Um, the abuse with my stepfather only got worse when my little brother was born when I was 10. At 12, I tried killing myself for the first time. I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought that the world would be better off without me. Things got better for a little bit, but by the time I was 13, I was cutting and mutilating on the regular, and I was full-on rebellion. I was heavily involved in a little Mennonite church that I could walk to from my house, and I gave my heart to Christ when I was 13. Although Christ has always lived there, he's never been the ruler of my life until the last two years. I was a bumper sticker Christian until then. The first time I got high was when I was 13. Once I hit 15, I was using drugs and skipping school. By 16, I was a high school dropout, 
100% homeless, doing cocaine and living on my friend's couches. By 18, I was 5,000 miles away from home, a full-blown meth addict with other addictions as well, working in an unsavory establishment. I can't tell you the number of times between 12 and 18 or 19 that I tried to kill myself. I bargained with God to just let me die. I had nothing to live for. I was very deep in my addictions, very deep in my self-wallowing. And then in one night in November of 2008, I was raped and beaten after telling my ex-boyfriend that I was leaving. He tried to take me back to his house and I threw myself out of his speeding car, begging God to just kill me, but I survived. That next morning I woke up and my head was clear and I was saved from my addiction. I had been clean for 15 years this November. Once I got clean, my self-esteem was then at an all-time low because the only coping mechanism that I found to deal with my trauma was gone. I could not stand to look at myself. There was nothing about me that I liked, that I felt was worthy. I spent most of my young adult life homeless and scraping by, but I could never find a job at a shelter, or I could never find a place at a shelter because I had a job. I always worked in a restaurant, so I'd always have some, um, one meal a day to eat. After 17 years of emptiness and longing for a father, I was reunited with my biological father that lived here. Um, I'm not sure if he still lives here. There was a reason why he was never a part of my life. Because I didn't need an earthly father. I already had one in heaven. And then I found Nathan. And my whole life changed. Nathan showed me patience and honesty. He enabled me to live, to get an education, my driver's license. He showed me stability and stubborn, unconditional love. <laughs> I don't honestly know that I could thank God enough for my husband, you grump. The first thing I did um, when I got my license was find a church here in North Carolina to attend. I share all these things with you today to show you that we have to trust God in the process, in the waiting, in the storms. I want you to know there's absolutely nothing that's too dirty that he can't make worthy. I have that tattooed right here on my arm forever for a reason. I found myself weighed down by the decisions of my past by some of the things I said or that I did, but I'm so thankful for each of those moments because they led me right here in the process of being fully restored. I'm not done, I'm in the process. I wanna remind you <laughs> that it's in the waiting period that we get to show the enemy just how strong our love for God is. He's so much bigger than mine or your situation. It's during that waiting period that we get to cling to Jesus even more. We get to be desperate. We get to show him the dependence that we have for him. 
that we're, how we're actually supposed to live, you know, with our, with our arms up in full surrender. We're not, we're not supposed to live just like, oh, I'm comfortable. No, we're not comfortable. You need to get to that next level. I was bitter and resentful about the paths I walked for basic survival, but God never left my side. I'm a walking testament of that. I'm alive. I suffer with bipolar depression and anxiety. I have some really dark and heavy seasons. Some days I don't get out of bed, and Nate's like, hey, you going to get up? Um, there's a lot of lies that I hear during those times. I'm not good enough. You're not pretty. You're too fat. No one likes you. You talk too much. I struggle with my body image and comparing myself to others, especially thinking that I should be somewhere other than where I am right now. But I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. The magazines, the mirror, my Instagram feed, it doesn't define me. I've been awakened by reading God's word every day. What up, 50-day streak? <laughs> um, over the last year, I've started reading my Bible for the first time, and thanks to my in-laws, I am the happy owner of every translation. <sighs> Seriously. And I've seen a lot of changes because of that. You know, n no one ever, well, I mean, Paul does, but he kind of has to, but no one else really talks about how reading God's word truly changes your life. I mean, you're going through something, guess what? I've got a verse for that. I don't have a coffee mug for that. I don't have a t-shirt for that, but I've got a verse for that. I've seen so many changes, right? And God has given me godly friends. Alan DiDio prophesied over me an encounter two years ago, and he said that in order for you to get to the next level, you're going to have to let go of some people. And that was real hard for me because I've had people in my life that never gave up on me. But they never held my hand and walked me to the altar. They never prayed for me. They don't even know God. I'm still the only one in my immediate family that knows Christ. The only one. God gave me Jolie. Not my family, not you, Nathan. <laughs> but God gave me Jolie. And God gave me Alicia. And they put God first in my life. I'm learning to allow people to love me, to trust, and become a part of a family that will cherish me. And in return, I serve in all my capacities. You know, that's why I love hospitality, right? I love feeding your empty bellies. I love the happiness you get when you walk out there and you're like, taco day! I love that. I, I love the genuine happiness of people with full bellies. <sighs> I'm learning to love the life that God has given me. Do you know how hard that is when your mind doesn't think that you deserve it? When the enemy constantly attacks you and says, you're not worthy of this. You did this. I saw you do that. But I'll tell you what. This life for me is so beautiful. God has given me all that I need. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider of my peace, of my love, 
of my comfort. He calms my mind. So I want to say thank you, Paul, for allowing me to share my story. You challenge me. You love me. You laugh at me. You're my friend. I've known a lot of great pastors, but I'm glad that you're mine, you know. I'm a success story, guys. I am living proof that God performs miracles. I'm a walking testament of resurrection because the old me is dead. And he has transformed me. He has transformed my entire life. I want to remind you all that you are all beneficiaries of his kingdom. All you have to do is proclaim with your mouths, like I said earlier. We're all beneficiaries of a sound mind, of shalom, of pure heart, of clean hands. All we have to do is be bold. All we have to do is ask, let him be Lord of our lives. Not, not the shiny, good church parts, but the bleeding, broken, dirty, stained parts too. In order for him to be Lord of your life, he has to love all of you, and you have to give him all of you. Today I urge you, if there's something that you feel is pulling at you right now, get up. If you're stuck in the in-between and you need to be transformed today, get up. Come here. Let me pray for you. God is moving. And if we don't operate with urgency when he is moving, then where's our chance to be desperate? Where's our chance to be healed? Where's our chance to be redeemed? Where's our chance to be called set free? Where's our chance of freedom? Give it to God. Leave it right here. Right here. Allison and Nathan, would you please come up? I know there's someone in this room today that I need to pray for, and I'd like you to be bold and come down here and let me pray. Can we turn the house down, lights down a little bit? I want you all to know that you're not too lost for God to find. You're not too dirty for God to cleanse. You're not too depressed for God to fix. You're not too far for God to reach. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere, all the time. You're not too anxious for God to calm. Not too guilty for him to save. You're not too sinful for him to redeem. You're not too hurt for him to heal. You're his. Let him bring you his freedom. Let him break the chains that were never meant to bind you. Depression is not your identity. Anxiety is not your identity. Self-hate is not your identity. Addiction is not your identity. A sexual assault victim is not your identity. You are loved. You are set free. You are redeemed. You are chosen. He knows your name. And he calls you every day. After we accept him, we can proclaim that we are God's handiwork. That's what it says in Ephesians. It says we are created in Christ Jesus 
to do good works, which God has already prepared in advance for us to do. He already knows your future. He already knows those alleys that you've walked through. He already knows that, <laughs> that you're going to do that, that you're going to say that, that you're going to think that. But guess what? He loves you anyways. He is so merciful for us. So come, let me pray for you.